broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are belong to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. Hello and uh, welcome to Nerd to Know Media on Phoenix FM, going out to the Blanchardstown area and of course on Spotify for all you catching up later. My name is Kieran Calicorn and we have with us today, introduce yourself. My name is Straight Outta Canto. I am a Dublin-based blogger and panellist. Lovely. And with us as always. Hey, Dara O'Connor. Fantastic. And guys, I'm very excited to say that Straight Outta Canto is our first ever special guest. Uh, and I have been hyped for this for weeks. Um, can I just ask, you have a bit of experience on the radio yourself, don't you? Um, yes and no. Well, like I perform music and uh, so forth under the stage name Venus de Vilo and have done for many years. And I've done a lot of things with that, with radio and media and various things. But um, I'm actually, uh, believe it or not, even though everything I do is very spooky, I am actually working <laughs> with Christmas FM this year. Oh, no well. way. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> about pets at Christmas time. I have a special feature all about how to make Christmas magical for small animals. Wow. So that's kind of the, the day thing while the evil spooky Pokemon things are nighttime. Well, before we get into the Pokemon stuff, would you like to let us know when that show will be going out in case anyone wants to check it out? I haven't a notion. I genuinely don't. <laughs> um, we're in pre-production stage and there's a lot of demos and there's a lot of back and forth with feedback and scripts. And I'm going into the studio this Sunday, I believe, to record 10 scripts and uh, just about kind of how to make Christmas special for pets and things and how to kind of make things. Because, you know, with, with Instagram and kind of Pinterest and things like that kind of crafts has never been bigger and uh, millennials are kind of treating their animals more as uh, children now so you know it's it's, it's a kind of a prime trending topic so that'll be hopefully on Christmas FM at some point and uh, it'll be me doing that so that's kind of weird but fun oh well that's that's pretty fun I have to say so uh, yeah Dara would you treat your pet like a child no my cat is just demanding so we have no choice You know, you're the like, it's the child. Yeah, the cat. Well, no, see, when you have a cat, the cat just kind of controls your, um, controls your life. So that's just the way it is. That's Excellent. like hamsters. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I have like 11 hamsters and they, they own me. Holy cow. All right. 11? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go on, give us a hit. What, what are their best names? What are the names of the hamsters? Oh, oh, most of them are Simpsons themed. Um, my first one was Smithers. <laughs> nice. I, yes. I don't know why. And then I think, we've got. Oh, yeah, he's Smithers yeah. definitely has like a hamster guinea pig vibe about him. He does. He really does. There is just some I don't even know. And then it turned out Smithers was a girl, which kind of considering <laughs> that works even better. <laughs> I know. Considering Mayla Smithers is confused inclination, <laughs> definitely okay. But then we've got Port. 
Bort. Um, it's, he, very, yeah. it's very hard to get license plates for him, I hear. I know, right? We've got Bort, and then we've got Ham's Moleman, who's my favorite hamster name ever. And, 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 I take it back. He is a much more appropriate hamster. And are people and, and are people gay for him? You better be. Oh my god! Everybody's <laughs> gay for Hans Molman. He's brilliant. <laughs> that oh is wonderful. Yes, I may have more questions about the hamsters later, but first and fine. foremost, we met you when we were doing our JCon panels back to back. So before we get into the kind of nuts and bolts of your panel, can I just ask how was your JCon experience? It was. Um, well oiled. I went to a sake tasting bef- like about an hour before uh, my panel went on. Oh my so, god! Um, we should have done that, Keen. We should have done that. Next year we're going to get plastered before. I tried that. I had a baby with me, so I thought they might give me a funny look. Oh fair. <laughs> but don't worry. It's it's okay. Just be like, I'm not going to give it to the baby and just yeah, hold yeah. it. I just hold it. Just fill the sippy cup. Fill just, the sippy cup. Just fill the cup. Damn it. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. It was my third year doing JCon. It was my first time not being in the artist alley. I'm usually in the artist alley for JCon and some other cons, but um, I, I actually love JCon. It's lovely. I know it tries not to be air to con, but it does fill a little air to con filled hole in my soul. Oh. So, and isn't JCon just like the best? It's it's lovely. Like that. That's actually you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, just kind of been like it has this lovely kind of atmosphere to it where it's. Yeah, it's just lovely. <laughs> you just kind of go in and you're like, yeah. It's nice as well because um, I think the convention scene in Ireland is really strong and it's mm. it's fantastic and I'm a big supporter of it where I can be. For sure. But I do find a lot of it is very kind of DC Marvel heavy and a lot of very kind of mainstream right. nerd heavy, which is great. That's got its market, but it oh, is yeah. nice to have, um, kind of for the kind of otakus, it is nice to have a bit of a anime manga kind of safe space for us as well you know and it, it, it was nice as well with the artist alley they did this year they didn't have any kind of giant kind of store commercial traders it was all all kind of indie artists and cra- uh, craft traders and things like that so it was nice to kind of be at a convention that's like yeah no we're just all kind of big giant japan nerds kind of together rather than like buy buy yeah, buy yeah. buy stuff that you can buy in a shop any other day it was nice you know you, you, it was a very special atmosphere i find every year it is at jcom big I, fan I, I you know and, and then to be able to do the panel at it as well um it, it you know people actually like go to these panels and it's uh, <laughs> and that's horrible to say but it's 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 kind of yeah, true yeah, yeah. And the people that go like we found at our panel but also at yours they were like super knowledgeable beyond oh God, what really you'd normally expect you know and it's kind of like <laughs> you know word of warning for people who are doing panels guys yeah people know what you're talking about at smaller cons they really do it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. the simpsons where um what is it where homer becomes poochie or no no it's where um oh yeah where homer becomes poochie and he goes to like a fan convention sign yes i was hoping you bring this up and all the nerds are asking like really wild questions like how do you get out of this part in the itchy and scratchy game and yeah. in this <laughs> is there a way to get out of the dungeon without using the wizard's key <laughs> yes thank you that thing it's like that if you, if you do panels people will want to know stuff and they will expect you to know more than them but that's kind of hard because fans know everything mm. but that's their fans but that's it you know and it, it, it kind of throws up that whole new dynamic as well where you're like oh i need to raise my game but like mm. I, I, i'll be honest with you I, your panel was one of the main ones that i wanted to go see and i was glad that it was on after us because you know inside trade secret 
I wrote our panel half an hour before we went on. So uh, <gasps> I, I know, I know, Kane's shocked. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, so I was like, oh my God, yeah, I actually get to sit in and watch it. And I thought it was fantastic. I had a great time. Now, I used to be a big Pokemon fan. Admittedly, I kind of fell off the wagon around Silver and kind of mm. dipped in and out. So I've, I've been kind of catching up with like Sun and Moon and stuff. But um, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. But just everybody in there, they were so hardcore and knowledgeable. I was just like, wow. Okay, I would not like to be up there again <laughs> because it's like, yeah. I don't know what these things are. You know, it's like all right. So yeah, I was definitely glad that we didn't have to follow you. I'll put it that way. Oh sure. <laughs> well, I had to follow you. Like I said, you got you guys had you guys had a slide presentation. I had nothing. I had a small bowl filled with uh, <laughs> filled with topics to talk about, and then let the audience pick the you know the what we'd talk about. It was kind of kind of lazy panel, but not lazy panel. If you get well, what I mean. Well, like I, I really enjoyed the fact that that kind of added that bit of randomness to the the panel, and like nobody kind of knew what was going on. But mm. what what were some of the topics that were in there that you wish were in there? Well, I'll tell you what, actually, let's back up a bit further. For anyone who didn't manage to make it to JCon, what is how would you describe your panel in like kind of a quick blurb? Um, so my panel for Straight Outta Kanto was basically horror in Pokemon. I do a couple of variations on it. I did a panel for Dublin Comic Con there over the summer about um, horror in manga as the original comic book format. Oh my God, you did, you did that one? I did, that was me. Oh, I wanted yeah, to see that I, one. I wanted to see that one. We clashed with it, I think. We couldn't yes, make we did, it. Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah. Okay, uh, Lisa, we're going to have you... me. I was the opening panel for Dublin Comic Con this year. And I was right, like, oh, we're going we're, we're, we're to ha- have you back on for that too because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I, I was bummed that I didn't get to hear that. But um, yeah. Yeah, it was terrifying because um, it's one of those things I'm, I'm like a complete random Joe off the street. Like I just <laughs> love Pokemon. I love Japan. I love anime. I love manga. I love horror. I love spooky, weird things. And I kind of, I'm not, a professor or an academic or professional anyway so to kind of stand up and well sit down with a microphone in front of a bunch of people going here's a load of like stuff that I've (laughs) read about and compiled in my head over the years I'm just going to talk about it from a completely like non-professional non-academic point of view like it's scary because you're like what if there's someone in the audience that actually knows what they're talking about? Like, what if there's someone that knows something about Japan? It's this constant fear. It's kind of like if you, you know, a piano lessons stay one lesson ahead of the kid. Oh, yeah. Well, know? I thought I thought you did well though, because there was one person in the panel who knew the sort, the origin of missing number, and you rolled oh. with it and seemed to be happy to learn it, right? Yeah, no, that's what I love as well about panels as well. It's not that's what I was doing with the kind of the randomized kind of pick a name from a hat style topics panel was because I wanted to bring a kind of a, a more community vibe to it. I didn't want it to just be me talking. I wanted, basically, I'm lonely. No one else I know <laughs> likes Pokemon. I want to talk to nerds about Pokemon on a large scale. That's hmm. pretty much how the panel started. So hmm. if I'm there throwing stuff out there and then they're discussing it with me and then they're going, oh no, this is actually this. Or did you ever hear that one? Like I've learned so much from doing panels about what I'm actually talking to them about at panels. It's really great. Like it's this lovely symbiotic kind of back and forth. And that's what I really enjoy because you're telling them things. They're telling you things. You're all kind of educating each other. It's kind of like a big forum, except in public. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's fantastic. Like, and um, just, 
uh, I'm only up on the kind of the first 250 Pokemon. What would be yeah. like the top spookiest ones? Give us a sample of some of your kind of top spooky Pokemon. Oh, that that kind of is an open-ended question. That's what we were talking about at the panel itself. Because do you just go, oh, here is a ghost Pokemon. He is a ghost. He does this kind of stereotypical thing or then do you go to the kind of more okay well here's the pokedex entry for hypno he's i'm a- i'm gonna say the pokedex entry because i learned some things that made me lo- like a lot of my favorite pokemon less and i think yes. we need to share that on the airwaves so give us some spooky pokedex entry magic um i don't have the pokedex book in front of me <laughs> but um there's things like for example like there's this awful one about cubone the um lonely orphan pokemon who basically it's like his tears his skull is t- stained with the tears and he sits under the moon mourning his mother and it is just awful like and then there's um things about Drifloon holding the hands of children and taking them away basically like imagine I Pennywise didn't know that that's freaky <laughs> yeah, it's basically like Pennywise's balloon except the balloon is Pennywise that's Drifloon basically and then you know there's different things like that or there's a lot of them um, because they are basically creatures based off the animal kingdom they have big teeth they eat and tear and drink blood just like any other animal. And then there's the ones that are plants infused with acid. And acid's not fun. So there's a lot of ones like <laughs> Bellsprout where it's like, or Weeping Bell, Victory Bell, all those with like ingests their prey and then dissolves them in acid. And it's, it's just, it's very unpleasant. And some I, I of them have, are perfectly a, innocuous, but then others are really dark. <laughs> I have a question actually on that point, right? So a point you made up in the panel. Um, and it's a misconception, to be honest with you, one that I kind of had myself. Um, Pokemon aren't animals. Hmm. Right. Discuss. So, see, I like to think of them now. Actually, someone, just when you were talking about people bringing things up in the panel, one girl actually brought up, well, Pokemon are actually more like yokai, the Japanese kind of spirits rather than actual okay. animals. Right. Because yokai can be kind of, they can be inanimate objects infused with the spirit, or they can be monsters, creatures, they can be entities. So that kind of fits in more with Pokemon. Now I've done some research on it rather than, because there is confusion because, okay, so you've got the very obvious ones. You've got the ones that look like cats and dogs and horses, but then you've got the ones like Klefki, who's a set of keys. You know, you've got Trubbish, who's like rubbish. You know, there's kind of <laughs> inanimate objects. I love Clefty and I love Trubbish. So there's no, there's no poke hate from me. But it does kind of, and even, even something simple as Voltorb, he's basically a Pokeball with a ghost inside him. And then there's questions of, okay, well, maybe there's a Ghastly inside the Voltorb. And there's different kind of things. So kind of the more kind of research I've done on it since the panel, it's the more... It suits it suits kind of the the world of Pokemon for them to be yokai and have regular animals in existence and regular plants in existence. Because another point someone made was that there's regular plants in the Pokemon world, not That's just plant Pokemon. So I'm like, oh my god, mind melt right now, like. But That's very, true, yeah. There, there, you go there. There, sorry, that is that is true, but there's very few animals in mm. Pokemon. That's the thing. Like you'd see plants, obviously, but you yeah. know if someone has a cat. They don't have a cat. They have a meowth. Yeah. Right? So, it is, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like they have their cake and eat it too, or else they just didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, think, 
I think it is, it's a fine line between world building and fans overthinking something that the creators and producers didn't think they'd ever have to answer. Yeah. yeah. Basically, like, like with, with the whole plot holes with the whole Harry Potter thing, I think yeah, J.K. Rowling just wrote a little book and didn't expect things to, you know, in Ron Burgundy style, well, that escalated quickly, you know. Yeah, no, we're I, back I, into the Wizard's Key type thing where it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's uh, I completely agree, and like it's um, but I do want to ask though, are the spooky elements of the Pokedex and the Pokemon were they like always a part of the early Pokemon lore? And if so, how come? Absolutely, well, kind of first and foremost, um, you're going back to 98 99 when uh, Pokemon Red and Blue first came out over here in the West, in Ireland, anyway, and um. So you have all, you know, you, you, anybody familiar with Pokemon, you get your cute little creature and you go on adventures, you battle the trainers, you grow up and do all these different things around uh, Kanto in uh, this fictional place. And there was a town part of Pokemon, the original one called Lavender Town, which was basically um, the kind of the haunted spooky section of the game. Most games do tend to have some sort of creepy kind of segment to them. And Lavender Town was Pokemon's... Um, segment and I don't think they expected Lavender Town to become the kind of urban online legend that it has. It's basically, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it, that escalated quickly. It's basically with Lavender Town, it's, um, how do you describe it? I suppose it's, it's, well, it's, little, it's like a graveyard town, isn't it? Yes, it's, thank it's, you. I could yeah. not think of that word. It's the little <laughs> graveyard town. You've got the Pokemon Tower where the ghosts of all the Pokemon rest and the spirits are troubled and there's all these female channelers there who are possessed and they want your blood and it's all very spooky and creepy and it turns out the tower is haunted by the uh, troubled soul of uh, Marowak who is Cubone's mother, who was slain by Team Rocket for profit because Team Rocket are evil. They're based on the Yakuza. It's all very awful. And I then, never knew that, really. Oh, yeah, yeah. Team Rocket are literally based off the Yakuza. Um, See, now, you know, I now I like them a lot more because that's right. I was going to say, I like them a lot less. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just like, oh, man, that's cool. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, like I, I didn't that's even know that. The Game Corner in Celadon City has the prizes. The game corner in Celadon City is based on Pachinko. And yes. But because Pachinko is kind of illegal-ish, it's a bit weird. You can't collect any money there. So you go to a little shop down the way and trade in your points there to get prizes. That's why oh, um, that makes sense. Prize, hot, prize hot down the way from the game center or game corner is down the way. It's to imi imitate the Yakuza Pachinko parlors. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's crazy. Mind blown. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the whole thing. And Team Rocket are evil. They kill Marowak, and then you have to defeat the ghosts. But the thing is, um, the sprites used in the lovely '90s Nintendo uh, graphics were quite unusual. They were just kind of dark, and they were very creepy, and they're very iconic. I find, and I find the sparsity of the pixels used and just the kind of, they had to do, they had to kind of indicate a lot with less just due to the technology available to them at the time is kind of unnerving. And it's the music of the soundtrack that is kind of... Oh, the Lavender Town on. music is really freaky on its own merits. So, Don't uh, listen to it backwards. Don't yeah. listen to it backwards. Oh, okay, well, on the Lavender, Lavender Town thing with the creepypasta and the, mm. the, the lyrics of the song, which I can't remember um, offhand, yeah. 
is there any truth to that or is that BS or what? I don't know. You see, I've heard very conflicting reports. So place, base, basically, basically <laughs> with Lavender Town, it's meant to be, ba- uh, the music of Lavender Town was meant to contain a bit like Cartman's brown note. It was mm. meant to contain a secret hidden note that only children could hear because it was on a certain frequency wave. Right. And that note was meant to make them commit suicide in really horrible ways. Right. And I've read reports online about young children in Japan uh, committing suicide based on this note that was only available in the original red and blue, mm. which did not make it over to the West. We got red and green. Yeah. Uh, we never got the original Japanese blue. Fun fact. Really? And, um, yeah. Yeah. So our red and blue is actually their red and green. Right. We never got blue for whatever reason. So basically, yeah. So it was meant to contain the secret hidden note that made them kill themselves. And uh, then they took it off the market. And by the time it got over to the West, it was all cleaned up. Now, I don't know whether that's true. A really dark part of me kind of is like, ooh, wouldn't that be cool? But it's, it's very scary. It's like, it's a fine line between enjoyment and then being like mentally sick. <laughs> well, yeah. then can I ask, were you aware of all this kind of aspect of Pokemon? I'm, I'm, did you play it as a kid, actually, to start, for starters, like to play Pokemon oh, growing one- up? billion percent yeah i was i'm pure gen one here like straight out of kanto's very right there with you yeah 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 Yeah, i i played it i got it the first christmas it came out in 99 i believe it was and Mm. i was addicted like i i never stopped playing i started playing in december 99 christmas Mm. day never stopped playing since that's literally it and did you uh, sorry can i ask did you do the thing where you traded loads of pidgeys with a friend to get the all three starters that I was had the big no thing with the back. friends, oh, so I, I never you. traded until recently, because as well as doing Straight Outta Canto, I first, back in 2015, started an online Facebook group, which is still going strong. It's called okay. Pokemon Fan Club Ireland, and it was only when I kind of met people through my own group online, in real life, um, Irish Pokemon fans, that I actually got to trade for the first time ever with people, and I was so excited. <laughs> oh my God. I never traded with anyone ever, it was so bizarre i'm like i'm like 20 something years old and i'm finally getting to trade a freaking pokemon here's as wild and it was something crap and it was like this 11 year old kid at like pokecon well can i just I say oh god that's as, well it don't worry too much about missing out on that though because what happens is if you trade the starters at the start of the game they mm-hmm. don't even like you to your level 30 oh. so because they are the badges. So, like, it's a very miserable experience having yeah. all three starters because they just hate you. And it's just like being on like a holiday with someone you don't really like very much. So, I think you may have dodged a bullet. Are you just saying that to make me feel better? Uh, what, what, what I was going to say was there, there's ways around it. And how we got around it okay. was either you convinced your sibling to get a Game Boy and then just, you know, use it or a Game Shark. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. You know, yeah, all those kind of, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's. I don't know. I don't think they taught they taught the trading thing through until the internet came along, and then it just became fun. Yeah, no, <laughs> things like Wonder Trade and online online features are definitely. I don't really avail of them because I'm not. I'm not one of the. I'm. I kind of play Pokemon for the story and for just the kind of relaxation and the experience, rather than I'm not a hardcore uh, Pokedex collector or anything like that. Um. Which is partly why um, I was completely unaffected by the news of the national decks being cut. 
with the new games, which is maybe very yes. unpopular in my own Well, group actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. You have been playing Sword and Shield this week, yes? Yes. How have you found it so far? Um, it's one of those, it's very vast. It, it, people have been complaining online before it came out and was released and the controversy involved and it was, oh, it's so short. There's nothing to do. That is absolute lies. <laughs> it is huge. I, um, there's there's almost almost too many Pokemons in it. Basically, there's too much Pokemon in it. Even though they were complaining, it's just so huge. There's so much to do. It's like I don't even really have my head around it. the graphics. They're okay. Um, some of the graphics are exquisite, and then some of them are a bit more copy paste. That's that doesn't make a difference to me. It's not impacting on the story in any way. Um, there's some new features and new battling things. I. I don't like the gimmicky things like Z moves or Mega Evolutions, but the Dynamaxing is unreal. Sorry, what are what are Z moves? I don't really know. They're just like in in certain battles in certain conditions. Say in the Sun and Moon Alolan games, you're able to power up and do a cool gimmicky move, and you do a little dance, uh, and then your Pokemon okay. dance, and it's all very gimmicky. I never cared for that. But Dynamaxing is where your Pokemon gets super large and it's huge, and it's really funny when you've got like this giant. Uh, this giant Eevee <laughs> just about to tear like it's, it's literally like levels of a large Pokemon, so it, it's quite fun and they use it very subtly and they put on really cool music. So it, it's 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 exclusive; it's not overused. So I'm enjoying that, and it it's it's really Galar is a gorgeous region. Like there's so much in it, and just so many new ways to kind of catch Pokemon and experience the Pokemon world. So if you've got sixty quid to drop. I, I would recommend it. It's just, there's so much in it. Well, I'm surprised to hear you weigh in that uh, you don't mind the Pokemon being cut because a lot of my friends have been distressed that yes. certain Pokemon aren't in this thing. That doesn't yeah. bother you, no? It actually doesn't. Probably, that probably stems from my like hardships as a Gen 1-er when I was, when I was back in the 90s when I was never going to complete the entire Pokedex. Yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm probably just like like, you know, Hardened from this hardcore street to Kanto, like you know, <laughs> kind of where straight out of Kanto came from because I'm a Gen Oneer and I didn't have any of these fancy new features. Nobody else in my class kind of liked or played Pokemon or anything like that. You know, I had to miss that, out on a lot. That shocks me greatly. It, it's just, and I, I don't want to stereotype, but like it was an all-girls school. I was the only one who. Like I like I read all the Goosebumps books and I drew oh, and on my own. That could, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. So they were a bit yeah. It was a different kind of just they it wasn't for them. Right. That's uh, you know what I mean. Actually, yeah, that's because I didn't meet another girl apart from my sister who played Pokemon till I was in secondary school. So yeah, it was more yeah. of a boys thing back in the nineties, wasn't back it? Back in the nineties. Now, obviously, obviously, the whole world of gaming is completely opened up to everyone. You know, mm. uh, whatever whatever way you're inclined or whatever you were born with. But uh, back in the 90s, yeah, no, it was a bit more of a boy's thing to do. And, and I did get a few weird looks. Like, I'd be there, like, with my Nintendo sitting in a tree in the park. And, and <laughs> literally, like, that's how I spent my summers. And, you know, best, I, my peak happiness was achieved at age 10 when I spent an entire summer doing literally nothing but replaying Pokemon Red over and over again. Like, yes. Wow. Yes. 
And, well, then I have to ask, since you're proper old school, um, did you have like one of those attach on like backlights for the Game Boy or like, you just, did you just sit at an angle and play it? I did. I did. I did. Oh my God. They were so exciting. Right. But I didn't get that until a year after uh, I got my first Game Boy. So I spent like, do you know, do you remember the rock tunnel in Pokemon Red and Blue? The really pitch black one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I did that entirely on my own in the dark and spent three months lost in there. It was hilarious <laughs> and traumatic. Wow. See, see, once you spend three months being lost in rock tunnel as a 10-year-old and literally having no, no cop on, like the internet wasn't around when I was 10, <laughs> what? but it wasn't something you had in your home so that's why things like oh they took away my pokemon oh no like that that yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. bother me like i had no pokemon but i had what i had what pokemon reg gave me and they, i liked it but they took yes. out but they took out ekans oh you jim sterling fan <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but we have to sit now he's fine king got my reference king got my reference <laughs> so, uh, so one of the youtubers we watched did a half an hour essay on Ekans not being in the new pokemon game and his fury at this yeah he ranted for half an hour about it <laughs> that's because hatred gets me <laughs> literally and it's one of those things where everyone's been slagging off game freak and and I'm not going to blindly defend Game Freak, but I'm just saying there's no publicity like bad publicity. And no yeah, publicity yeah, yeah. Bad, well, so. this, is the mo- this is the most I've ever heard about a Pokemon game in the past 10 yeah. years. It's been awful. Like, and I think there's a lot of people using the uh, cutting of the national decks as an excuse to be mm. particularly vile. And I'm sad. If, like, I love Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff is my spirit animal. No Jigglypuff. No Jigglypuff for me. Oh, I was going to say a massive Jigglypuff doing that special attack you were talking about would be hilarious. That would literally be like something out of my dream. That's like, you know that dream where Smithers is asleep in bed and Mr. Burns flies through the window? Into the window, yeah. A giant Jigglypuff through the window. That is literally my dream. I can't get that. I'm sad about that, but I think people using the National Dex as an excuse to be vile. Yeah. There's no excuse. Like, give it a chance. If If you're worried about things, that's fair enough. I think people have been hiding behind certain catchphrases or they've latched onto taglines mm. that they've heard online that other people use and they just kind of spout that for their own kind of you know it's it's incontroversial but i think the feedback from the fans in the first week kind of has drowned out any negativity i'm not saying it's a perfect game in any any way shape or form there's definitely flaws but there's flaws in everything and it's yeah, a sure. really fun game so yeah, and speaking as a survivor of the tunnel for three months, like... A <laughs> survivor? A survivor of rock tunnel. Yeah, 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 I literally yeah. feel like... that's. I literally feel like a war vet when I see all these kind of younger yeah. generation people who've kind of grown up in a world where things like wonder trade and the global trade mm. system and things like that were already in place. Like people whose first gen or first experience was like, say, gen 4, gen 5, or gen 6, mm. even if they're there complaining about this side or the other and i'm like you don't don't get to back talk about shit (laughs) don't you be you know this and this you don't know what it was like you're spoiled well actually i'm really glad you brought that up uh because bigger than the pokemon series itself i remember games in the 90s where like you'd hit a wall and there was no internet and you either just kept going back to that wall every day for three or four months or you just stopped playing it and that was life and mm. now now all the games are much more user friendly 
Like I yeah. say this because I've gone back to a load of games like, you know, Kingdom Hearts or the Pokemon games from the 90s recently, which are surprisingly difficult. But as a yeah. kid, it didn't bother me as much. Do you think that's a generational thing or a technology thing? Where, why do you think that's happening? It's a combination of the two. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, um, I believe things like game guides and YouTube tutorials can be very helpful um, in some things. And it is good that if you get stuck on something, but that, you, that there is help out there. But I do think as well that in the olden days, maybe due to the restrictions on, on technology just at the time, there was only so much that it, so, so easy a game could be made. And also you want to make a game challenging. And I definitely do think that one of the things I've noticed with this age is there's no perseverance for anything. If you can't get it like now, 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 instantaneously, people don't want to know. I don't think... Yeah, that's a very good the, point. Yeah, I don't think kind of the younger generation today would be able to sit every single day for a three-month summer break <laughs> in Rock Tunnel. And I loved it. That was... Every day I was like, this is it, Lisa. We're starting yeah, yeah, yeah. fresh. You're getting out of that tunnel today. And I, I wouldn't... And every day it was brilliant. That's how I spent my summer. I, I literally, unlike with any other game, you know, Mario, for example, I was a massive Mario fan when I was mm. a child. I'm so bad at Mario though, but that didn't stop me getting up every morning and playing it all day, trying to get to the new level. It was all about perseverance and dedication and taking the time to kind of reap the rewards of your efforts. Mm, that yeah. unfortunately kind of social media and society is discouraging. Well, uh, actually, Dara, oh, sorry no. to cut across you there, Spirit uh, of Canto, but Dara is kind of our resident uh, game expert here. Is there anything you want to weigh in on that point, sir? Yeah, game, games used to be good and now they're terrible, <laughs> like, like, Star, like, <laughs> like Star Wars Fallen Order. Oh, no! <laughs> you know, oh, what's I, wrong with I, sh- I should explain somehow every episode veers into star wars hate every every hold on i don't hold on i don't hate star wars i just hate disney star wars that's it yeah it's just i uh it's i'm gonna say straight out of the canto now this is gonna be star wars for the rest of the episode are you on this bus (laughs) no no it's not it's not i'm I'm saving it i'm saving it i've never seen star wars Hold on, oh. how did you not see Star Wars? The only people that haven't seen Star Wars were the people in Star Wars because they were Star Wars. Oh my God. <laughs> this interview is over. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've got a fantastic idea. Dara, what? pitch Star Wars to Straight Outta Canto. If you had to in like a blurb, a three-line sentence, how would you pitch Star Wars? Imagine the greatest uh, space opera that you can with wizards and magic. Oh. That, that was is actually not pretty what I good, thought. yeah. Yeah. And there not you go. expected at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if you like Harry Potter, you'll like Star Wars because it's better. So oh. there you go. <laughs> okay. Controversial, yeah. but I will take that on board. I know you'll you'll enjoy it, to be fair. Like the the, the original trilogy are incredible. Uh, and then it kind of goes down from there. It's one of those things where it feels like, you know, the way with certain manga or anime, you you feel like it's so far along for you to be new to it you kind of couldn't get into it because you wouldn't know where to begin i want to get into star wars because my little brother's at that age where he's starting to kind of very mm. slowly get to nerd things and he's like mm. you yeah, know so someone at school was like talking about star wars i i might want to watch star wars and i'm just there like oh my god i've waited so long for this moment you're finally turning this is brilliant um i don't know about star wars but i'll find people who can help you you found you know, them 
Yeah, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> no, to, to be fair, um, you know, you can't really go wrong with the first three Star Wars movies. And then... What are they? What are the first three Star Wars movies? Ep- I don't ep- even know. That's episode- a good question. They're episodes four, five, and six. six. <laughs> that's, where, that's where I get confused. <laughs> that's very reasonably... That, that's very fair. That's very fair. Um, yeah, basically, um, as I said, it's a space opera, so it's in the it's in the vein of the old serials from the twenties, and they were yeah. kind of told in episodes. And basically, when they were made, George Lucas was like, "Hey, I'm going to start in the middle and work back," and that's kind of what he happened. That's kind of the way it happened. So, uh, yeah. Funnily but, enough, Star Wars has sorry for cutting across you there, Dara, but Star sorry. Wars has a similar problem where. Uh, the first film was made and then all the fans started picking off well how does the gun work how does the lightsaber work where does that come from how come hold on it's very easy to... how a lightsaber works all right you just get the crystals and you arrange them in a specific way with the with the force and then you're fine right uh, a wizard did it a wizard did it well well in a way in a way, she's right, because they are space wizards. So, yeah, she's not wrong. <laughs> You've sussed it. There you go. But, she got it. She got it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, just to put this in context, like, at the moment, the new Star Wars thing is The Mandalorian, which is a TV show, which is very good, but it's made specifically out of just bits of the lore in the same way you'd pick apart Pokemon, like, are these animals and these not? Yeah. Are these grass and these not? Like, all that kind of stuff. So Star Wars does have that slight inaccessibility. Would you say Pokemon is equally inaccessible to someone new coming to it? No. I'm going to say overall no, because Game Freak, in credit to them, they do actually make a conscious effort with every single new game. They make a point of making it inclusive to new people Mm. it's annoying if you've been playing it for 20 years like myself that there's a tutorial on how to catch pokemon at the start of every new game i've been doing this longer than you this this punk kid's been alive like hold on a minute hold on a minute pokemon is 20 years old oh my god oh it's it's older than 20 years old it was 1996 it was originally a trading card game 95 96 oh my god he's so old now thanks lisa yeah. I know. Oh. I feel I've been playing longer yeah. than some of the people who who are in my Pokemon group have been alive. Oh well, that's so weird. It is such a weird experience. But Pokemon Fan Club Ireland is is great fun. It's um an unusual group in that we like to troll each other. We like shit posting. We like mm. spoilers and fan theories. We love a good heated argument about who's right and who's wrong. You know, but it's all from a place of love, like family. Mm. So um, it's a, it's a good group in that sense, but but Pokemon do make such an effort to act like okay, the game's turned on. We're going to explain everything to you for the first time because you're we're you're new to this. You know you've never done this before. You don't know what Pokemon are. You don't know what you do. It's it's great actually. It's very inclusive, and uh, right. some people say it's too inclusive that they're making the particularly the anime that they're making the anime too juvenile and the designs are too faddy and catching in with what mm, mm, I suppose what kind of cartoons are around now and matching that animation style but I think kind of I don't think that kind of uh, elitist kind of gen one as I am I don't I, I think Pokemon should be for everyone and I like living in a world where you know things that I don't play Pokemon Go, but I like that we're living in a world where kind of Pokemon has once again been brought to the masses, and we can talk about it openly mm. now. And it's not just a, a weird thing that a niche 
kind of a... You're right. It's very game. much the mainstream now. Hmm. Like, it's funny, actually. I had an experience last week in Norwich where a couple of us were playing Pokemon Go during a raid and some random guy walking by just saw us with the phones out and immediately yelled, Pokemon! Pikachu! I just, like, walked <laughs> off. <laughs> okay. So they instantly knew, just from us standing holding phones, they that's knew it was a Pokemon hilarious. thing. <laughs> that's brilliant, though, but that's, like, back when Pokemon Go first came out in the summer of 2016, that was absolutely kind of phenomenal for me. Now, I didn't play it, but um, I was having a walk on the beach with my mum one morning, and there was this grown man with his dog, uh, kind of going for this really long Pokemon searching walk, and he was there with his phone. And this little boy just comes tearing down the beach, screaming, "There's a blast! No, I saw the other end! There's a blast! No, I saw the other end!" And the dog, guy, and the dog just start legging it after this small boy, you know. And there'd be people kind of everywhere. Like I, I was trying to get into the chipper one night, and there was one guy outside who wouldn't get out of the way because he was trying to catch a Zubat. Like, and I'm like, I have to stand here and let him do this. I don't care how hungry I am. Like, you know, it really brought it into the mainstream, and it got people talking about it again. It got people playing the card game again. And mm. um, I got hired at Toy Master primarily by my, but because Pokemon Go was so popular that year, and they knew me, and they knew how kind of um intense into the Pokemon trading card game I was. They were like, mm. we need, we, we can't do this. We need an expert, like, which was kind of cool because it's nice to be hired by somewhere as a Pokemon expert, even though I'm not like remotely. But it, it is, it's back in the mainstream now. And it's one of those things where if something's in the mainstream, it's not niche anymore. And people yeah. are very kind of dog in the manger about kind of when any, when any fandom gets popular, not just Pokemon. People are like, oh, I love this. I want the whole world to know about it. Oh, no, they know about it. You're wrong. It's just for me. You know, it's, it's that's yeah. an Annie fandom. Hmm. Yeah, that's a fair enough point. And uh, I, will, I was one of those Pokemon Go players. I think I did the Bray to a Greystone's Walk specifically because there was a Charmander nest there a few times. Oh, that sounds cool. Did you catch one? Oh, yeah, I caught a few. It's just because in the original, when it launched the Pokemon were sort of modded to terrain. So like, you know, oh. you get fire Pokemon near kind of sandy, deserty areas. You get grass Pokemon near here. So I live in Dunleary. Water Pokemon yeah. for days. But if you want a Charizard, you're up the river without a paddle, you know? Literally, because it's water Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't even intend that. <laughs> that's gas. Yeah, no, I didn't actually know that. You see, that, that's the good thing about Pokemon though. And kind of, if you're open-minded, you can kind of learn a lot of things from it and you can kind of share so many experiences. Like you have a story forever now about that mm. guy shouting Pikachu at you guys just from your yeah. phone. You know, I think it's something that can unite people as well as kind of divide. Oh yeah. And like, and speaking kind of, of the generational thing, we were with uh, my girlfriend's, uh, one of her best friends, Amy, and her two boys, mm. a seven and a five, and she and the two boys all play Pokemon Go together. Like, so that's oh. a generational thing right there, like. Oh, well, that's fantastic. And, like, there's a lot of uh, memes online, posts online about the fact that people who kind of played Pokemon as a child are adults now with children of themselves who are starting to play Pokemon, which is quite poignant and touching yeah. in its way. But it is kind of, we are getting to that age, like, the minute my brother was old enough to kind of hold uh, a Game Boy in his hands, like, he had this thrust upon him. I didn't give him any choice. I'm like, you're going to be a Pokemon fan whether you like it or not, like... <laughs> I I know like this is a no basic choice. question, but uh, what's your starter? Um, for all gens or just in general? We'll say for for the Kanto region. For the 
Kanto region, I went with Charmander, then with Johto, that was Gen 2, that was Cyndaquil, we've got Torchic, okay. we've got Monferno, then we had uh, Tepig, then we had Fennekin, then we had... So you're uh, rocking all the fires. All the fire, I'm a Targaryen, <laughs> like what can I say, you know, fire and blood, baby, fire and blood, you know? It was, it was all about the fire, all about the fire. And then as I got older, it was all about the spookies. But we still have yet to get a ghost type starter, which I'm very sad about. Oh, yeah. Well, That's I suppose a very good point. It, That's a very yeah, good yeah. Point, well, yeah. I suppose Professor Oak can't go. Here's his Pokemon. It used to be alive. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> like it. Okay, so like when it. you put it like that, maybe there's a reason they keep ghost Pokemon until you're a little more established within the region. <laughs> oh, can you imagine that? Or like, have you ever seen that picture online where it's like, here's the stone used to evolve an Eevee into a ghost type Pokemon and it's just a brick and you're like, oh, I have not seen that. <laughs> oh, it's awful, but so funny. But that, that's the thing with Pokemon. Like there's so much in it that like, if you look hard enough, you will find things really wrong with it that you will laugh at and then you'll feel ashamed <laughs> and can i ask because i'm guessing uh dara you were a gen one pokemon person were you correct yeah i, I also you... i also got the, the pokemon blue or green as we learned uh ah. when it came out on a, a christmas time and yeah so well then i just because i've got a started. hunch were you oh yeah what's your starter dara uh well well you know you've kind of mentioned it charizard was my starter or a Charmander. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he, he was the am best. I, am I the only Bulbasaur here? I guess on this like panel, oh. I guess I must be. I, I'm getting oh. toasted by you guys. You <laughs> are. You make a nice salad. What can I say? I can leech seed these, you two of you for days. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> but I was going to ask, Dara, were you one of those people who tried to join Team Rocket on the bridge? Yeah. <laughs> Even now, knowing they're Yakuza. No, now I want to do it more. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that in Heart Gold and Soul Silver, you very briefly get to join Team Rocket? I did. I know you. That's amazing. Yeah. Class. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I know you said you bowed out to the games around gold and silver, but in 2010 when they re-released Heart Gold and Soul Silver as the reboots, they kind of allowed people. They kind of listened to the fans' feedback, and there's this section of the game. No spoilers, but you do get to dress in a Team Rocket uh, costume and kind of infiltrate the um, infiltrate the headquarters. Holy cow! And uh, yeah, it's really cool, and you get to take a little picture in the costume as well. And then even with um, the new Let's Go games, you do get to infiltrate Team Rocket's headquarters in Saladon City dressed as a Team Rocket member. Yes. But that's so, a fashion choice. You don't need to do that. Super fun. Okay. So, Dara, you need to get that far in the game and then stop and just be a Rocket forever. Yeah, just, just be like, that's it now. I'm happy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're done now. Fantastic. Oh my god! Can I just share another Pokemon story very quickly? I teach uh, little five-year-olds out in Tala, and they were all talking about Pokemon, and I showed them my Pokemon Go Pokedex, and I, I basically, innocently enough, said to them, you know, I caught this Pokemon when I was your age, and the five-year-olds went, "No, Pokemon's new." And oh like, no, no, it isn't. Oh. Look, look, look this, look this, look this. Like and then and that made me feel old. Like you know, oh, no, you don't want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's God. like. I mean, I, I I know you spoke against the sort of classism, but there was a feeling of I outrank you. 
there is that that's kind of the natural territory you see it's it's like i suppose it's like with gandalf or something you can kind of search your authority without yeah being a, yeah yeah a jerk about it you know it's i like, swam around know. that swimming pool trying to catch Marrow for days for longer than you were in rock tunnel <laughs> That's it, and Phoebus as well. I've still never yeah. caught a Phoebus. I've been playing for 20 years, and I don't think I'll ever own a Phoebus. And then some punk-ass kid in my Pokemon group just is like, oh, hey, I caught a Phoebus. And I'm like, get out. Block. Block. <laughs> no, mine. Block. Just leave, leave the Phoebus on the table in the fish tank and go. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> oh my god thank Amazing. you so much for coming on by the way i feel incredibly nostalgic now i know well that that's what straight out of canto is all about the tagline mm. is you know uh nerd cult- culture nostalgia nonsense and more we're all about the nostalgia because real life sucks nostalgia <laughs> is safe and warm <laughs> well then let me ask you a question so uh people listening at home why should they seek out your straight out of canto blog what's what's there to find there um it's a very warts and all no holds barred kind of bizarre uh experience on pokemon it's basically everything from things right with it things wrong with it things really raunchy and weird that you couldn't get away with nowadays it's about the creepy things the sexy things the funny things the really annoying things like wait I'm not wait hold on to... hold on i just need to stop you there so... Sex. Like Dara, 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 you caught that? I was like, what are we talking about? You can't, you can't just leave that hang. You can't just leave that hang. Well, no, there's a couple of things in the earlier Pokemon games that you wouldn't get away with putting in now. Like, for example, if you remember in Celadon City, the grass gym run by Erica, there's a creep. It's filled with beautiful young women trainers, and they're all very strong and powerful. But there's literally a creepy old man outside the front door. Like, this gym is great. It's full of old women, or full of women. And it's like, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't get away with that. And then there's kind of a few things where, um, there's a, a few kind of double entendres in the game and there's some some of the NPCs say some very kind of weird things like the swimmer woman who's like, oh, where do you think I hide my pokeballs out in the ocean? I forgot about that, Jesus. Yeah, and then kind of um, there'll be like a boyfriend and girlfriend Pokemon trainer who uh, will have some suggestive Pokemon and things like that. And it's all very just, there's a few little weird things where if you're kind of paying attention, you pick up on and you can make a blog post out of it. Yeah. Oh, there I, you go. Have you made a blog about, I know I went to mention this in the panel as well, the man who likes his rabidash just a bit too much? Oh, that feels like a rabbit hole, even not a rabidash hole, even I don't want to go there. <laughs> it's a bit weird. I remember being a child but, uh, watching, playing that segment in Vermilion City and he's there like, and he uses the word ravishing about his rabidash and I'm like, that's a bold grown-up word. Yeah, Stop yeah, yeah. Me. I needed a dot. Like it was very like, oh, okay. It could be a translation thing. Yeah, but you know, that's true. More stressful than that. He mentions running the hands through the tail, and then there's like dots for a few (laughs) seconds. You're just like, dude, what are you doing? (laughs) It's it sort of reminds me of the My Lovely Horse song from Father Ted and Dougal. Like tries to write, I want to. Love you all night. <laughs> Take this lump of sugar, baby. Baby, you know you, you, know want. you want it. <laughs> That's crazy, yeah. No, there's kind of you can you can say that about any game. Anything. It's definitely not just a children's game. There's it's it's written and produced by adults. So even if they're intending it towards children, there's always gonna be an adult perspective on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly like. And uh do you think like 
I mean, it is a Japanese game. Do you think that back in the 90s and as well as now, that affects kind of the way it's made and the way it's sort of like kind of, would there be more adult sensibilities than you get in, say, a Western game of similar kinds? Well, absolutely. Now, to be fair, I kind of, any games I do play are, would be more Japanese than others. I wouldn't really be au fait with any of the Western games. A lot of my stuff would come from Japan. Mm. Uh, but definitely one billion percent. I think the fact that it was Japanese, I think the fact that it was Japanese and it was so different is what kind of hooked me in from the start. Like, cause I was just like a little, little girl in Ireland, like very normal, very ordinary. Everything was very kind of, you know, very twee and Irish. And then suddenly here's this kind of exotic game that's quite different and keep the characters. And cause Pokemon, um, even though it's kind of more universal now, and obviously with the different generations, they're expanding their world. So like, you know, the black and white games are based on New York and America. Uh, X and Y is based on France. The new Sword and Shield is based on England, things like that. In the original games, they're very Japanese. Their mm. characters are dressed in Japanese clothes. The houses are in Japanese designs. It's very unusual. And I think there's no getting away from the fact that it was originally you know, it might be more universal now, but it was a Japanese game to begin with. Mm. And kind of designed for Japanese audiences and things that are mentioned in it and the kind of the way they approach things would be very specifically Japanese. I don't know about you, Lisa, but I kind of miss that. Mm. I kind of miss that. Like, you, yeah. meet, you know, when you were a kid, well, as a Westerner, you know, and I kind of touched on this in the panel in general, like, you know, how we experience stuff differently. But as like a, you know, eight-year-old Irish kid, you're like, this is weird. And then you like realize it's not weird; it's just Japanese, and you're like, "Oh, okay." You know, and there's, and there's just stuff this is perfectly normal for them. Yeah, and you're just like, and there's loads of stuff that just kind of like permeate my childhood, and you guys are probably the same. Where you're just like, "That's kind of weird," and then you're like, "No, it's just Japanese," and you're like, oh, "Okay," you know, you just, just kind of miss that, like, you know. Yeah, like I won't lie, I love the new games, but I hate. I hate the fact that I know that the new Pokemon game is just England, just because England's amazing. But it's it it like because I'm from Ireland, I've obviously been to England a lot, and there's a lot of a very close history and a lot of you know mm. it's a ver- kind of very close country. So I'm like, oh, that's just England. I can go there in an hour on a plane. Yeah, I like the thought of something slightly more exotic and. As, As opposed such, to being like a magical world that's separate from yeah, ours, that kind of thing. Like this kind of almost like this kind of like I'm a massive like a by no means an expert, but I'd be like a massive kind of fan of Japan. And it, I did, it would kind of be very kind of this kind of mystical, magical kind of mm. far off unattainable place that, you know, oh, this goes on and that goes on and they do this and they do that. And while I'm sure they're perfectly normal and they probably find kind of the stereotypical nerds view of Japan, very weird and funny and kind of laugh at us probably because a Japanese guy I was serving in the in the shop I work in the other day he looked at my Pikachu tattoo with scorn and I was like how dare you I'm one of you don't you know how dare you this is like this is like my Pikachu tattoo is like a death eater symbol so you know I'm one of you like don't do this to me don't look at me with scorn so you know there is it, I definitely prefer I mean if a Japanese person came into the shop with like a father Ted tattoo I'd be happy I mean personally <laughs> That's probably a that thing, is. man. <laughs> that would be so cool. Actually, to be fair, my brother just came back from school watching that. Um, what is it? Oh God, Chung Mei is Adam Dumb. You know the, the oh the, oh, the the short film with uh, Frank Kelly. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, it's about the Chinese boy that is coming to Ireland, so he learns to speak Irish and 
no one speaks Irish in Ireland, so he goes to Merck and the Gael talk full of pints. It's actually, as you said, it's lovely. It's very hard. Oh, I, I, I think that's great. I think it's, I hope they play it over Christmas. It's, have you seen it, Dara? I have, not in a while now, but it's, it's I just lovely. love how it's like he keeps speaking perfect Irish to all these Irish people and they think he's speaking Japanese. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just brilliant. So, yeah, <laughs> such a good play on it. But yeah, no, I definitely found the exoticness of the East to be the main draw with Pokemon. Like it was complete escapism, and then it kind of opened up a whole new world. And I'm like, okay, wow, like because because when I know the world is small now because it's 2019, but when it was 90s Ireland and the internet was something that offices had, uh, we still had landlines, and you know the TV viewing was just kind of RTE1, RTE2, and if you were rich, you got the BBCs, but uh, when you're here and you hear something about Japan, you're like, oh my God, like that's, yeah. Jesus, that might, it might as well have been like another planet. Well, I'm curious then, because I certainly grew up on the Pokemon, Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and card mm. captors. So what was your kind of, age. yeah, so what was your kind of Japanese anime or culture diet when you were a kid? Oh, exactly the same. Like same. you know, Beyblade, card captors. I actually wanted my confirmation name to be Madison after your one in card captors. Really? Did yeah. you know they were they were selling card captor decks at JCon? I picked one up. <sighs> that is so cool. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Cards. That's exactly it. And I explained it to my Stevie, like trying to explain what it is. It's like you kind of trap the monsters in the cards using a magic wand, and then they all dress up. Oh no, the other way around. But it's it's hard to pitch. There's a teddy bear talking. It's very hard oh to explain. Oh my god, what's his name again? That's it. It's, it's like uh, Goromon it's, or something. He, or I know, I know yeah, he's Akiro, like... Akiro, Akiro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know he's, he's like Cerberus. Or he was supposed to be like a giant fierce monster and instead he's like a little teddy bear the size of one of those Hasbro things. <sighs> That's gas. But I think late 90s, early... As you guys actually touched on in your panel about the golden age of kind of the Japanese games coming over to the West, the late 90s, early 2000s, mm. I feel the same about A, Japanese horror movies. That was the absolute, like, Hollywood golden age of, of Japanese horror movies. But as well, with I think with, with the Japanese cartoons coming over, the Saturday morning stuff, like, that was absolutely amazing because things like Beyblade and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon and Digimon, like, there was everywhere. And then all the kind of knockoff stuff in between that once animators realized, hey, this stuff's kind of doing well. Let's kind of churn out some more stuff. There was an absolutely kind of prime age, I think, that only very and now now the world is so open that's great but there'll mm. always i think be a special kind of time of before the world was so open and then well, you're seeing all these new things that isn't just the more bags you rock yeah. but, you know well i mean that's a good point you put on yourself there was almost something more exciting because it wasn't as frequent now the world is more open you've got hundreds of picks on netflix as far as japanese cartoons go and all that kind of stuff and you just you kind of got the, anything, the free anything, yeah, 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 exactly. So I think that's part of the allure as well. And just give a shout out to Yu-Gi-Oh. That's something that's still alive and thriving. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I made the mistake of giving away loads of my old Pokemon cards to kids in my mm -hmm. class just to kind of prove my nerd stats <laughs> that I was playing it from back then. Like, oh god, rookie mistake, friend. Rookie mistake. <laughs> Do you know what? In terms of competitiveness, Yu-Gi-Oh is way bigger than I think Pokemon will ever be in the trading card game scene. Like, uh, kind of the Pokemon trading card competitive scene is, is quite huge, and I've hmm. played uh, play competitively myself. Well, back in the day, and by back in the day, I mean like 2015. But uh, 
But uh, Yu-Gi-Oh seems to be like very kind of very intense. Very. It, attra- it attracts a different type of personality. Pokemon's very wholesome, but it, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh is no. all about showing up people. I don't want to comment on that, but I do know people who run who run Yu-Gi-Oh things around Ireland, and it it is a different. It's just I, I say that as someone involved with it. You know, I don't mean to okay, slag off. Okay, okay, that's fair. Yeah, no, no, I, I've heard inside stories. But I'm just as bad. Yeah. Okay, well, that's fair enough. You can say that. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, it's awful. It's horrible. <laughs> Since we're being honest, uh, <laughs> I just think it's just, there's just a few people who who kind of you know. Uh, yeah, give, give good, give good game a bad name. Yes, yes, maybe, maybe that's very fair. I think as a kid, I ended most of my Yu-Gi-Oh games I lost by throwing my deck of cards at my siblings. It brings that out in people. <laughs> it does though, doesn't it? Someone was yeah. telling me about something in Kilkenny where a guy got banned from like your local gaming shop because he upturned a table in a battle <laughs> against a ten-year-old. Um, he was like one of those like late twenties dudes. And I'm like, oh my god. To but be it's fair, the yeah, to be sorry. fair, to be fair though. If you're getting beaten by ten year olds, particularly a smug ten year old, tables are getting overturned. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to step out of the Pokemon competitive gaming scene Fair. because I'm like I don't want to go to jail for punching a child. It will be so satisfying, <laughs> but I can't do that. Oh my god, no. Well, that was a thing in Yu-Gi-Oh, actually. One of the characters, Banda Keith, had like a midlife crisis because a ten year old beat him in a tournament. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's his entire character arc. Oh Jesus Christ! That has to be that has to be like a subtle nod to the fan base, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like guys, we 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 get we get it, (laughs) we get it. (laughs) To make it worse, his entire gimmick was that he was American. Oh, oh, nicely done. But you know what? I even though I'm only like about not even a urge the way through uh, the new Sword and Shield game. Their new evil team, their their new team rocket for uh, Sword and Shield is uh, Team Yell, and it's literally a toxic fan base. Oh, it is so funny. No, no wonder people are getting upset on the internet. They're baiting them. <laughs> literally, but I think I think Game Freak has this fantastic self awareness. Uh, where once they realized that people were cottoning on to the weird things they were bringing in and the funny things they were noticing, they started kind of playing up to that, giving fan fodder, basically, and doing things deliberately just to wind fans up. Team Yell being one of them. Team Yell are an awful team. They, I think, I, I have a feeling, I will be doing a new panel in the new year on um, all the evil teams of Pokemon and which one is really the most evil. And I do expect that to be very heated because it's such a personal thing and there's so <laughs> much hatred for some of the teams. I'm going to be like stepping on many toes with yeah. my opinions. But I think Team Yell already are setting up to be the weakest evil villain team, but I do find it funny that they're a toxic fan base. I have a soft spot for Team Galactic, personally. I like that they have an, ad- yes! an agenda they follow through on. Yes, you see, Team Galactic, right? Everybody that I have spoken to personally hates Team Galactic. They are literally like one of my favorite uh, teams because everyone's like, oh, but what's the point of them? They're a cult. Yeah, they yeah, are yeah. literally a cult. Cyrus is their mystical cult leader. They're going off to the new world, a bit like the leader in the Movementarians. Oh, hiya, Hams. Hams Mole Man is up. 
got a new guest. Oh, oh okay, you know, he's not, oh, wow, he is not sociable tonight, gentlemen. No, no but one's gay from old man the, tonight. No one, yeah, old man's not gay for me. But I think that's what's <laughs> cool about Team Galactic. They're a cult. And one of the things, I have to do way more research on it, but I'd love to do a panel sometime about Japanese cults. Because I remember it was funny because you know the way everyone's going wild at the moment about all this Ted Bundy stuff and all these little Alex serial killer things on Netflix and it's like mm. I watched uh, some Manson stuff with my mom online and uh, she's like oh yeah I love serial killers oh yeah I'm such a such a hardcore mom and then I watched a docu we watched loads of Manson documentaries online and then I watched one 15 minute documentary about the Japanese cult. I can't remember its name, but you know the one that did SARS attack in the late 90s, early 2000s? Yeah, yeah, of course. I know the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I can't. It's the sun something or other, but that one 15-minute documentary I accidentally found mm. on the news feed was scarier than any kind of like, because my mom's kind of freaky as well. She's really cool and creepy. So we've been watching like lots of, re like, you know, Silence of the Lambs as a child and stuff and, you know, kind of uh, serial killers all the time. But that one 15-minute documentary scared me far more than any American Ted Bundy, Hannibal Lecter thing I've ever seen. It was terrifying. And it was all true. Do you know what I mean? It, it was wild. So I definitely want to do something on Japanese cults. And I think that's why Team Galactic are scary, because they're a cult. But I think some people don't and fully I get that. And they just think they're a bit weak, but they're really not. Mm. Yeah, no, there's, there's some, there's a, that's a big topic to, to dive into anyway, and it's definitely a morbid one, but an interesting one, for, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it'd have to be an 18s plus panel, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And if nothing else, uh, Team Galactic has some jamming fight tunes. Oh my God, I just, I think Gen 4, like, is, it's my favourite, it really is, like, it's got the best champion, that's Cynthia, it's got the best music, Pokemon Platinum, I think, is when Pokemon kind of achieved its peak kind of gaming, there's, there's fantastic games afterwards, but I think, I think Pokemon Platinum is probably one of the best Pokemon yeah, games, Yeah, I would agree. in the underworld, and I've been petitioning for years for a Gen 4 remake, like, I think Gen 4, Sinnoh, Platinum on the Switch with the sound track capacities the Switch has and the capacity that the machine has for visuals. Like I think it would be unreal. It would be I think it would reunite the entire Pokemon community who sorely needs something. That's your to that's your out. mission in life. Not to be the best that no one ever was, but to bring everyone back together. For Gen 4. Like I'm starting yeah. I'm actually physically uh, straight out of I've been joking about this, but uh, straight out of Kanto will be starting a proper petition online to get Gen 4. Oh my god, you're like Ash in the first Pokemon movie, stopping all the fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Gen 4 remake for the Switch will be a thing. I'd even accept it for the 3DS retroactively at this point. As long as we get a Gen 4 remake, I am so fine with that. <laughs> uh, not to get too far off topic, but uh, Dara, did you have any other like kind of anime or Japanese things that you grew up on as a kid in the nineties? Oh man, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have watched what I what I watched when I was a child. Oh, um, see, that, see, I find that more intriguing <laughs> than the sexy Pokemon thing. Well, they're related. <laughs> I know. Um, we want like I remember. Obviously, you started off with Pokemon. You're like, oh, cool. I, I like Pokemon. And then you, your parents are like, oh yeah, cartoons, grand. And then that's how you end up. <laughs> in, uh, that's how you end up watch, watching Akira and uh, oh. and the Street Fighter anime. 
Uh, Akira. I yeah. watched that two weeks ago as like a 29-year-old, and I eat an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But exactly, this is my point. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. So um, yeah. As long as it wasn't a Ratsuki Toji as a child, you're fine. No, but I did discover that eight. I did discover the rating system in anime is very, very loose. Um, at a very young age. So 12 anime is basically 15s. 15s, you're going to have hardcore pornography. And, oh. and then at 18s, you're going to have all the rape. So oh, that's, that's, yeah. So I'm just like, is that is that what's written on them? Like the gaming rating system in the what, corner? That's what should be. Because, you know, I remember just watching them going, oh, well, okay. I remember watching Ninja Scrolls at 12 going, oh, well. Her superpower is she turns to stone when she gets raped. This is horrible. Yeah, and you're just like, okay. So yeah, Japan, watch out, watch out, and you're 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 letting your kids watch anime. You know, that's literally it, though, isn't it? It's just Japan, and you're just there, like, wow, this is wild. And then it's just like, nope, no, no, that that's just Japan. No, that <laughs> do not adjust your telly set. This is literally what is happening. Yeah, yeah, because I remember the Yu-Gi-Oh monsters. There was a few like the Harpies ladies and the Dark Magician girl. Where like yeah. even as like a ten-year-old, I was like, "Whoa, who? Okay, all right." Have, you're just like, "I have feelings. I have feelings. I don't know these feelings." <laughs> but no, what's what, what, the crazy thing about Yu-Gi-Oh is like you know I remember because it was we started watching it when we were in sixth year, so we were a little bit older yeah. than we should have been. But oh. We just loved it, you know, and we just kind of you know sit there and you know just really really get super into Yu-Gi-Oh because we were yeah, super yeah. cool, you know. And um, yeah, you're watching. You're just like, this. This seems way darker than it than it actually is. And then you look it up, and you're like, yeah, there's no shadow realm. They're actually just killing them. And you're like, that makes way oh, more sense. Oh yeah, <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. Hey, oh, these 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 buzz saws send you to the shadow realm. And you're like, no, they just, they're just <laughs> killing people. You're like, oh. you fall from a great height into a pit that takes you into the shadow realm. <laughs> and then there's just this way gun more. sends you to the shadow realm at point blank range. <laughs> you're like, wait, oh, what is this? <laughs> so no, Yu-Gi-Oh! was one of those kind of gateway things where you're just like, okay, you know, I finish school, I'll come back and watch it, yeah. you know, when it's on den or whatever. Yeah, and then yeah. you're sitting back going, wait, man, this is way more, there's more going on here than I'm led to believe. <laughs> yeah. I'll give Yu-Gi-Oh this. I feel like they were very coy with the kind of, this isn't death, this is this. They gave you just enough clues so that you could figure it out if you were savvy enough. I don't think it was fully sanitized. I love Yu-Gi-Oh. I actually, you know, I, like I still obviously like Pokemon, but uh, Yu-Gi-Oh is just that kind of thing where you're like, this is just the best show ever. And it's wildly, it's wildly violent and insane. And it's about God cards. Now we know what Dara finds appealing both as a child as an adult. Well, you know, it, it it just was like, well, it would come on after Digimon, and you're like, Digimon, so yes, you know, Digimon, just, yeah, that that was one that skirted around the PG well. as well. Yeah, but it just it always seemed kind of like, oh, this is kind of lame. And then Yu-Gi-Oh came on with its awesome bass solo, and you're like, man, I'm in. And then it just kind of held you, so you're like, all right. Yeah, I actually I noticed actually the first time I recorded an episode of this show, I was and I listened back to it. I was really happy that you put the it's time to duel in the intro for ah, the yes. Nerd to Know Media. Ah yes, yes, the, the, my my epic collection of memes, which I'm I'm sad. Like I love that intro. 
it's just it's it's like it is kind of like peak internet from 2009 so it's it's getting it's, up there if you if you haven't heard it yet uh straight out of canto it's very the intro to this show is yeah. very holistic it is yeah okay it, 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 it lays all the it lays everything out on the table pretty pretty clearly but it it, it, is, <laughs> it is like the best memes okay so basically it's a collection of memes from like Proto internet, so like 2004, oh, 2009. Beautiful. Put to Smashing Pumpkins Rocket. So mm. it just kind of works. And it was just it's like, over 9,000 is in there, for example. Yeah. <gasps> oh. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I'm getting a bit giddy now. Think about all this stuff. <laughs> there's we, yeah, there's been a lot to absorb <laughs> in the last hour. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like the kind of weirdest Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh things that we somehow haven't covered yet. <laughs> oh well, there there is um, an episode of Poke. Well, there's a few banned episodes of Pokemon. You know the episode of The Simpsons where they go to Japan and there's the fighting yeah. robot. That's based on an episode of Pokemon that was banned because it was a Porygon episode where Porygon was doing this weird technical thing. Oh yeah, yeah. It was the red and blue lights that were used. Um, while Porygon, who's the kind of a technical, kind of man-made computer Pokemon. He um he he the colors just clashed and gave a bunch of kids in Japan seizures just because it was physically like so hard to watch if you were anyway photo sen- uh photosensitive it would make you kind of enforce a seizure in you so that's where that came from fighting seizure robots and there was a an episode there was a gun episode that was banned. Can so I ask was that the Taurus one? I think so. Yeah. The one because I I've only ever I only ever saw the Taurus by accident. They never played right. it on TV, but I saw yeah. it. They basically I was on a kids show, like a sort of TV three knockoff version of a late late toy show, and I was with a few other kids. <laughs> and to keep us, it's it's on YouTube somewhere. Uh, but uh, uh, to keep us entertained, they stuck us in a sort of one of those TV like back rooms, and they mm. just stuck something on, and they put on. The Taurus episode, because it wasn't on TV3 live. It was just something they had on VHS that got shipped to them. So I'm oh. one of like three or four kids in Ireland that actually got to see that episode and no one else. And I didn't realize that was something I could oh. brag about until I was way too old. That is actually amazing because I've, I've never seen it. I've tried to find it. I've seen stills from it and that's kind of the closest I've ever come. Mm. But it's literally just, that's cool. And there, there was an episode where, um, you know the way Team Rocket are actually fantastic for being completely gender fluid. Mm. Oh, yeah. oh yes, Jesse, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Jesse will wear Jesse's male boobs. costumes. Yeah. Jay, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And, it, 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 I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't there a point where Jesse goes up to Misty and she's like, uh, and he's like, I have bigger boobs than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like this where, is uh, yeah. James and the fake boobies and stuff. Oh, and there's an episode in in the original Indigo League where uh, they find this kind of wild jungle boy who fell out of a plane as a child. Oh yeah. By Kangaskhan. But there's a bit where he uh, it's a bit creepy actually. He you can still see the animation even though him doing this action in the animation, even though they've changed the dubbing for English. But there's a bit where he goes up to Misty and pokes her boobies and is all like, where's the milk, man? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) He's been raised by Pokemon. And that means he's been like drinking Pokemon milk, which is a bit weird. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, that's a perfect example of sort of, they didn't think about this when they wrote it. 
see they wrote it for japan and things that are fine in japan like there's so much like it's weird like there's stuff in japan that's fine and then when it comes over here it's like completely censored but then there's stuff that 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 would be over here i can't think of anything but that wouldn't be okay in japan religion yeah religion's a big one yeah basically that's like the nintendo rule you can kind of have anything else except for just don't go religion and then you're grand yeah uh, that's about it well, everything else is fine turns out funnily enough leaning back into star wars and pokemon comparisons uh i just finished <laughs> reading An- uh, i just finished reading anthony daniel's autobiography who plays uh, c-3po and apparently george lucas has a hard and fast rule that there's no religion in star wars but they had to do a christmas special Oh, yes. So they invented a makey uppy Christmas thing called Life Day, which oh. is the worst. Actually, you know what? This is a good gateway thing to scare uh, her off Star Wars. Can you pitch the Star Wars holiday special? Oh, dear. <laughs> All right. So you, ha- you have a budget of like 50 grand and you, okay. spend, and you spend 25 grand of that on cocaine. Okay, and, <laughs> and then you just kind of, and then you invite in loads of random guests who you find out on on a set somewhere, and then oh. and then you have yeah, and stuff happens, and then oh. the and then the intersplice it with random Star Warsy things. I I would say calling it Star Warsy things is quite generous. No, no, because there are actual Star Warsy things in there. Like you get to see the Boba Fett thing. Oh, and, that's true. And that's there's true. Millennium Falcon is there. And yeah, and there's like bits where it's kind of Star Warsy, and then it just, then it's not like there's a there's a full on song and dance. There's a couple of song parts in it, and then there's a guy in drag singing at some point. And, oh, the guy oh, from Blazing Saddles. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, and then there's like entire sections where the Wookies, the Wookies are like big hair, you know, Chewbacca, you know, Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's basically his his whole family is there. Oh, uh, okay. Instead of, instead of like. That's what it's about. It's about him trying to go home to his family to see them for life Aww. day, right? However, that would be grand, but none of them speak English or Galactic Basic, as it were. So okay. there's entire segments for like 10 minutes where they're just growling at each other with no subtitles. So nobody that's, really knows what's going on. That's why I wanted you to bring it up, Dara, because it's quite a lot like if you remember the first Pokemon movie, there was like a 15-minute short where all the Pokemon yes. talk to each other, just going Pika, 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 Charmander, Charmander. At least that had the Pokedex translating now and again. The Star Wars holiday special doesn't, and it's two hours long. Oh my God. That sounds like something you'd either have to be like real fan of and like real I, blind of. Or I really wouldn't start there. Put it that way. Well, here's the thing on that in particular. Um, I remember when the first movie came out and that was like a 15 minute thing. Everybody was, you know, you didn't care because you were stupid, right? You were like a child. So it didn't really matter. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, it's all right. But I think I, I, think I, went, I think I went with my dad and my dad was like, you know, afterwards he's like, that, that fucking... <laughs> yeah, thing. I was so dumb, you know. But uh, yeah, but what I think is funny is like I like the way they lampshaded that in the in the Pokemon in Detective Pikachu, where mm. there's like, oh, they can't hear me, kid. All they can hear is Pika Pika. Watch, and it's like, oh, Pika Pika. You know, it's just. <laughs> I do like the way they kind of circle back into how kind of silly 
yeah. Pokemon is as well, you know, in a fun way, not in a mean way. Yeah, Which actually is a good question. Did you see Detective Pikachu? And what are your oh thoughts God, on it? Oh, so, God, yeah, I yeah. saw it twice, and then I bought the DVD and made my family watch it three times. <laughs> <laughs> I actually loved it because um, it's funny Yeah, you should mention Detective Pikachu because I um, in April 2018, I bought the Detective Pikachu game, and ah. I hated it so much I felt compelled to start a blog with an absolutely scathing review uh, of Detective Pikachu is my first ever blog post and then the rest as they say is history wow I'm actually <laughs> that's how that started that's crazy because I actually I also got the game and I didn't buy it because who pays for games like a schmuck um, you know I you know there are ways to hack things um, please GameStop Plus CEX sponsor us <laughs> <laughs> actually funny story when we were doing the panel someone was like hey uh, can you show us how to hack a playstation i'm like no later you know <laughs> and and i noticed you put that up on youtube anyway oh yeah yeah, yeah. i didn't mean to but anyway. the flagrant criminality on display <laughs> hey look you know upgrade your security or someone's gonna get through right um but yeah, so in 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 the spirit of things, if one were to theoretically hack a, a 3DS, not saying that that's ever been done, or and then was able to theoretically install uh, Detective Pikachu and then theoretically played the game and hated it, I would agree with you. Uh, yeah, look. And why would you theoretically agree, uh, not like it in detail, please? <laughs> well, theoretically. <laughs> No, to be honest with you, it was just one. It wasn't really what you were, what, what I was expecting. Theoretically, yeah. Like, you know. I think it was one of those games where it didn't know what it wanted to be. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. it was simultaneously tediously hard, but not in a challenging way, just in a frustrating way. And then I found it to be very oversimple in other ways, and it was very confused. There was no kind of main playing system. Yeah. There was like no way you could play it. Like every. It was almost like they were testing out ideas on it and there was kind of these really long cutscenes. Then it'd be almost like they were like, oh wait, crap, this isn't just meant to be a movie for the 3DS, this is meant to be a game. Let's just tack some kiddies thing on, make it really hard and then just out of nowhere have Pikachu go, I see you're having trouble, let's just end this. And then you go, okay. And then it was just very confused. The full blog is on straight out of Kanto on WordPress. Do but, check that uh, out. Yeah. What what I will what I will say to you actually is it's well it seems like I don't know if you've ever played um Sonic two thousand six. No. Oh yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Now forget the Star Wars holiday special. Pitch that. Oh yeah. So basically they did it was Detective Pikachu before Detective Pikachu with Sonic. Oh. And then Sonic has a has a Oh no, that's way too enthusiastic. Yeah, to- and then <laughs> Sonic has a, a relationship with a human, so there's a bit of bestiality oh. thrown in there. Like uh, a relationship, relationship, or just like the way that uh No, no, like do. well, no, oh. it's, it's they it's, they have awkward romantic conversations while yeah. standing in like blue skies and green fields. And it's it's, heavy, kind it's of, he- so uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, basically all the furry, you know what stuff that exists yeah. from Sonic uh, is pretty much rooted around this time. It's a shame you haven't seen Star Wars: Attack of the Clones because that's kind of what the romantic <laughs> scenes but, are but, like. That, but it seems like they went the same kind of way there, you know. And you know, it, Sega learned this. 13 years ago and it just seems like Nintendo have learned it now but that seems to be a Japanese thing as well they're like you know what we're at this point where we can we can do this so let's do yeah. it and then they all just kind of try it eventually you know yeah. uh, Final Fantasy had done it 
You know, yeah. you're like, lads, will you just stop with the furry thing for about five minutes? No, oh, you know? So I don't know disrespect to anyone who's a furry who's listening, but you know. No, not at all. I um, like actually, I've gone to loads of cons uh, with my uh, niece uh, Viola, and she loves running around chasing after them, getting photos with them, not understanding the context. And yeah. I think that's wonderfully adorable. Like, but, but what I mean, what I mean is, in, in in a gameplay sense, you know, it's it just when you take okay, if it was a furry simulator game, which oh my god, I never want to even imagine. Um, but if it, was that kind of, if it was that kind of thing, well then fair enough, you know, you you do you right. Um, if it's uh, if it's like when, when it's brought into like Pokemon and Sonic, and you're like, okay, well. Now it's just confusing and it makes no sense and it's too slow. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of what Detective Pikachu was like. Now, if I played it theoretically, to be fair, the movie was a billion times better than the game. The kind Correct. of movie kind of picked up exactly where the game fell down, and it actually mm-hmm. finished it because it was very frustrating with Detective Pikachu. Um, it didn't give you any resolutions to the original case like yes. the whole point of the game was never wrapped up and i was like okay well i smell a sequel then but now i feel they don't need to do that now they've made the movie and the movie wrapped yeah. it up but i thought the movie wrapped it up better than the game ever could and i actually thought um in fairness to them the um visuals were fantastic that's exactly it was a very it was like a pokemon human world but it didn't feel contrived it felt like okay this is it looked realistic enough where you could go, okay, this is what it would actually look like if if, if we lived in a world with real Pokemon. Yeah, actually, that, I, that... I really liked that. Well, that was kind of the thing, you know, it's like, it, it's a hard, like Pokemon taken super seriously is silly. Just like mm. anything in nerd culture is silly. But once it, like you can sell anything to anybody once it doesn't break its own rules, right? Yeah. And that's kind of it. You're like, okay, I can buy into superheroes, but don't be silly about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like once there's that kind of conceit and that kind of balance was always very hard. Um, even on the TV show, as great as the TV show was, there's bits of it where you're like, man, Ash, how do you not realize that Professor Oak was banging your mom? Because he is. <laughs> and you're totally cool with it. You know? And just, oh yeah, go on this big long quest. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, co- yeah. come back and he's like, man, why, why do I have a, 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 you know, a, a small sibling now that looks exactly like Professor Oak? You know, why do I have? Why do I have a small sibling that's a Mister Mime? Is the bigger concern? Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. What's going on here? You know, and or, or, there is a there is a baby Mister Mime, isn't there? Actually, now, Mime Junior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like you know, there's these kind of conceits where in that show where you're sitting there going, oh, okay, that's kind of dumb. But then uh, most of the time they take it super seriously where they don't break their own rules. And one, and it seems to be when stuff's taken to movies or when it reaches a point within video games, they're like, okay, well we need to kind of shake this up. And then that's when stuff breaks down. That's when you have mm. stuff that just kills fan bases and upsets everybody. Like removing Ekans. Jim Sterling is correct. Um, yeah. Or, <laughs> I mean, yeah, dive tailing into your favorite, Harry Potter, the sort of oh. Fantastic Beast 2 pre kind of did that for oh, that no. franchise where they added in a lot of things that made people more unhappy than happy like I'm not going to upset I just don't even touch Fantastic Beasts I'm not going to upset our guest so, that dive sailed back into the furry thing but however yeah. I'm not I'm not going to upset our guest by talking about Harry Potter you're, you're not you're not tricking oh, me oh you're not going to upset no, your no, guest no, no, you're not going to no, upset no, no, no. oh oh it's and, and it's not the fact that you've spent half of our podcast slagging off Harry Potter and riling up that fan base is it well that's because that's because I want to set the tone for the panel that we're going to do <laughs> I want the real in-room heat from that, you know? 
I am going to bring a dartboard with me, like a target thing, if we ever actually do a Harry Potter panel. It's going to be called the trial oh, of Harry Potter. Dear. The trial of the Harry trial Potter. Of Harry, the, the trial of you. The Harry Potter people are going to outnumber you. That's oh, fine. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I want front row seats for that panel. If oh, anyone yells God. Avada Kedavra, just duck. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I, do, what I plan to do is I plan to have a stack of like J.R.R. Tolkien books and just throw it at people and go, here, read a bear book. They'd make oh! these weapons. They're fierce heavy. <laughs> They're fierce heavy. Ah <laughs> oh, no, it's all in jest. It's all in jest, but not really. <laughs> no, I should explain myself. I should explain this so I don't come off like a monster. I did read the first Harry Potter book when I was a child, around the same time as Pokemon and such. But the thing about it was, I got very bored by the second book. And I threw it behind a radiator when I was in school. And at the same time, there was On purpose? Yeah, because I'm like, I hate this book. I threw it behind the radiator because that's where the books were. And um, <laughs> I just picked up a copy of Lord of the Rings and away we went. What school were you in? Who keeps books behind the no, radiator? No, no, no. There was books beside the radiator. <laughs> okay, and, and okay, I, okay. And I, was, and I was just like, you know, screw this. This book is terrible. Oh, I thought no, it was like we'll a never thing read this book. We're <laughs> not nice read and this warm book for the winter. You've got very small hands and can fit behind the radiator. Exactly. <laughs> on, on the days that it's off, because it, it's like it's like you know the fires of Mount Doom when you, you touch it. <laughs> Don't no, you spew your Lord of the Rings propaganda, you. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is, you know, there are better books out there. And when we do to that panel, I will have them. So don't worry. I'll, I'll look after you. I'm going to say very <laughs> far away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh joke, jokes, God. jokes, jokes, jokes. <laughs> but oh also not God. really. <laughs> you're going to be booed out of the room on that one now. Uh, do you that's know okay. how many like crazy Harry Potter fans go to conventions. I'm, 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 I'm counting on it. I'm counting on it. Oh, <laughs> well, have you read the books beyond the first or second one? Why would I do that? Because the third <laughs> or fourth ones are the best ones. No, I've seen, I watched yeah, to make I, an educated... No, I watched yeah. the movies because of Don't Emma Watson. Don't watch the movies, they're awful. I watched the movies because of Emma Watson and that was my own <laughs> enjoyment of it. So... Jesus, oh, you, no. are you trying to like egg her on as well now <laughs> no I'm not trying to egg everybody on I'm just, you know, I'm just saying that's why I enjoyed the movies because I had something nice to look at <laughs> that's how I feel about Draco Malfoy seriously fair. fair point because they, they do get pretty poor but you know what I, I, have, yeah. I, have a, I have a bigger appreciation for the world of Harry Potter show said. Like, actual world building is really cool uh, yeah. it's, it's just and I love I love like the stories and stuff from what I've seen but the only, I just can't stand the actual character of Harry Potter. <laughs> He's I a just, whiny, yeah, entitled I just, teen. I, I just don't like yeah. him. So it's just there's nothing there for me to latch on to. So I'm just like, okay, man, you need to get over these issues. That's what therapy's for. You know, and then you read Lord of the Rings. I'm really glad you said that because I have you ever played the game Lego Dimensions? No. It's the, it's basically, you might have heard of the concept. It's a game where you buy Lego figures and you pop them on a little platform and oh, yes. the character pops up in the game. Yes. So you can, get, you can get a set of Harry and Voldemort and they use the real dialogue from the movie. And all of Harry's lines, actually read by Daniel Radcliffe, are super sulky. Uh, like, if you take him out of the game, like he says something to the effect of, oh, I guess I'll just leave everyone alone then. <laughs> I was like, come on, Harry. I'm sorry. I just want the Powerpuff Girls to handle this bit. Don't get in a huff. 
<laughs> oh my god. That sounds cursed. Oh, <laughs> Comparatively, man. the new Scamander figure is very charming. He says lots of nice things. See, just like it just seems like the, 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 the character of Harry Potter is like just ill-fitted in that series. It's just like, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Everybody just doesn't like him, but he's just like, oh, hey. So, no disrespect oh. to Daniel Radcliffe, by the way. I've got a lot of props for him. I thought he was great in like, um, oh, what was that ghost film he was the in? Woman the Woman in Black? Yeah, yeah, That's a good flick. That's a really good flick. Yeah. But no, it's just that, you know, I, I just need to clarify that I don't hate Harry Potter as a whole, as like the world, and I appreciate mm. it. It's just, if they should have went... You hate with, Harry Potter. I hate the character. Yes, it just yeah, yeah, yeah. like I, I, every time I was I was reading or the book or the movies, I'm I'm just like, if he dies, this would be so much better. Like just pick someone else, follow anyone else. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just like I think okay. that's what happened with Neville in the seventh book, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Just- <laughs> it just seems like Neville's a much better character. Like, actually, yeah, he's grand. He's yeah. not a douche. You know, yeah. it's fine. So I will say this, actually. I've read the script for The Cursed Child, the sort of follow-up play. I enjoyed that. I actually enjoyed you that. You read it too, well. yeah? I yeah, actually I like it, the yeah. fact they take him to task over yeah. him thinking he's the chosen one. And That's why uh, his kids schooling him like it's funny, right? Because I, 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 I actually did, I did read the script and that, and I actually mm. didn't watch a bunch of things on it. And yeah. people were going crazy about it, and I'm just like, why? This is a lot better than anything else. Yeah, yeah, are, yeah. Actual characters, and then there's a lot of Harry hate in it, and I'm just sitting there going, this is fantastic. Make this. You yeah. know what? I, I mean, not <laughs> to venture too far into the Star Wars stuff again, but like it reminded me a lot of the Thrawn books, where mm. it's a follow-up that's written by someone outside the series who loves it but also criticize it a little bit. And I think fans just could not take that yeah. at all. It's, and I think, that's, I think that's kind of like what we're seeing now with the, with the Pokemon, Pokemon yeah. next thing. It's been changed up now. So people are like, oh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, but it needs to freshen up. What, what do you think yeah. um, yourself? Do you think that's a better way to do things? Or are you kind of like a canon purist? I'm not at all. I'm not a purist in any way, shape, or form. Like, I'm probably one of the worst kind of uh, Pokemon fans, to be honest, because I literally, like, I, I don't know whether I'm just, I think I'm just really relaxed about it. I just think I like to enjoy what I enjoy, and I don't, like, I'm not a perfectionist in any mm. way, shape, or form, and I don't get hung up on little details. Like, I'll, uh, I kind of go with the flow in terms of, of, of the way games kind of go like if they want to change things up a lot if as long as i enjoy it i don't care that's it's a bit like you know father stack i had my fun and that's all that matters <laughs> very much like that it's like i think but it, it, what you said about the fan base they're changing things up or wanting things to change people have literally spent the last few years between um sun and moon and uh bef- just before uh sword and shield complaining about how pokemon is the exact same game they have complained about pokemon <laughs> needing to change and be refreshed to the point where I think Game Freak actually took their their, their criticisms on board and changed mm. things up and now they're like, no, I don't like change. I don't like change. It's, <laughs> it's kind of a very frustrating thing because it, it, it's one of those things where I've been playing it literally nearly every day since 1999 and mm. that's kind of a bit weird when you say yeah, that I've played yeah, Pokemon yeah. every single day since 1999, but you, I, I appreciate the refreshingness of the newer games. I appreciate newer features. I'm not really crazy about the. I see. I don't really do things on my phone, and I don't really do internet things. So when they change things to the more mobile features or to the technology kind of interacting features, I still very much play Pokemon the way I did when I, as a 29 year old, when I did when I was nine. 
well. on my own in my room. Like I'm not, I play Pokemon so I don't have to interact with people. But I know there's a lot of people that enjoy the community things with it. But I, I think, um, I think Pokemon are just. I, I feel a bit bad for them. I think they're just trying to do their best mm. and include new fans and old fans, and just. It's one of those things. If you try to please everybody, you please nobody. Mm-hmm. I think they should stop doing that and just make the games they want to play. But then there's the whole kind of mercenary thing of, well, they're a massive multinational corporation. And if the younger generation are the biggest buyers in terms of, you know, get their moms and dads to buy them the games and they're the ones who are going to buy it and play it and buy all the plushies and the mm-hmm. add-ons and stuff, you know, there, there's that as well. If that's where they're making the money, they're going to do that. But um, back back in the day, like Game Freak was back like in night was was formed in 1989 as a gaming magazine. Basically, Satoshi Tajiri uh, used the name the code name like I used straight out of Kanto. He he used his name Game Freak and he used oh. to write reviews for for gaming magazines. And that's how it kind of started. So it did come from a place of love as gamers. It just kind of made a lot of money along the way and when there's money to be involved people and corporations don't necessarily take the fans into account mm-hmm. they they take the what makes money into account same with football teams as well but right. um well but, um I, I think it's good that they're changing but i just don't think anybody's going to be happy with anything like i'm well, not thrilled with some of the new things but you know it's a change it's different you mm. play something every day for 20 years you're going to get bored eventually exactly yeah and i you know it even though you're not a, 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 a social gamer, we appreciate the time uh, spent with us today. Um, I really enjoyed myself. I thought this is great. It's great having you <laughs> yeah. on the show. Um, and, you know, we hope to have you on the show again in the future because this has been fantastic. Yeah, yeah and not just for Pokemon events. By all means, come on to shoot the breeze. Like, Oh, yeah, no. You know, you're more than welcome to... Uh, I'm taking an executive decision here. And anytime you want to come on the show, you're more than welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you guys want me, I'm I'm fine with that. That's yep, yeah, whatever. That's absolutely fine. I've well, I've had a great evening. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really thrilled about this. No Excellent. worries. Well, before before we wrap up, then is there anything you want to plug yourself? Um, I don't have anything immediately. I suppose just um straight out of Canto WordPress blog. It is also a Facebook page, and we are on Twitter. And as well as that, Pokemon Fan Club Ireland is the kind of fun shit posting group attached to the straight out of Canto formal page. Awesome. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to plug something myself. Uh, I published an article on Geek Ireland called Nerding with Children. And it's all about uh, my experience as a new parent. Because for anyone who doesn't know, listening at home, I have a seven-month-old baby named Primrose. And it's about taking her to her first con and taking her to J-Con. And it's been getting a lot of love online. So if anyone hasn't checked it out, there'll be a new one coming next week as well about introducing babies to video games. Sorry to disappoint, but she doesn't like Lego Star Wars. Uh, So yeah, I'm going to plug that and please check it out because it's something I kind of want to keep doing, but I'll keep doing it as long as people keep checking it out. What about yourself, Dara? I'm going to plug our website, nerdtonomedia.com. Um, because that's where you can find links to everything. Uh, Nerdflow Media is on everywhere, so any kind of platform, that's where we're going to be linking out stuff. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Come over and say hi, and, you know, please, please control the Harry Potter hate. I'm sorry. But, you know, wait oh, until no, the panel. Wait, wait until oh, the panel. No. Send, wait give us clicks. Give us your hate. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait until the panel, and, and then it'll all be there. But uh, again, guys, we have a bunch of things coming up in the new year. Uh, some more panels coming up again. So, um, yeah, we're, we have a lot of things in the works. So, so uh, from Nerd to Know Media, I've been Keanu Calicon. Uh, Connor. That was uh, Straight Out of Canto. And we will see you again next week. Thanks very much. Mm-hmm.
Alright, so you're listening to the podcast and you're like, hey, I want to get involved, but I'm not in Ireland and I don't have time to listen live. Well, guys, listen, we've revamped everything. We've made it super easy. Nerd to Know Media, everything. Nerd to Know Media, Gmail. Nerd to Know Media on Twitter. Nerd to Know Media on Twitch. Nerd to Know Media across the wall. Everything that you can do, you are able to find us. Nerd to Know Media. NerdsNoMedia.com is our website just in case. You can tune in, be the tune in app, and catch us live if you want to. Type in Nerd Snow Bases on Phoenix 92.5 FM and you're able to find us. The stream to the show as it's happening live is actually on our website, NerdsNoMedia.com. Also, if you haven't got time for that or if you want something a bit more convenient, we're on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, all across the board. And if you do want to catch us live when we record the show, because spoilers, we tape the show. We do it live on Twitch. Nerdux, N-E-D-D-U-X, is where you can find my personal Twitch channel. And we stream there, the show, every single Thursday at 9pm. So guys, no excuse not to listen. We're very easy to find. Nerdtonomedia.com for more information.